Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We've been looking at the stateoftheology.com. It, it is a brand new survey that came out from Ligonier Ministries. Of course, uh, the late, great R.C. Sproul began that ministry. You look like you want to say something to me. No, I just was going to plug his book, Everyone's a Theologian. A lot of these questions that people are kind of getting wrong would be helped if you read through his book. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. short little book, a couple hundred pages, but it, the chapters are extremely short, um, but they help ground people in the truths of God's Word in a very accessible way, so I would ha- highly recommend the book. Yes, uh, you know, we talk about theology a systematic theology this is a this is an interrelationship of all those things you know where you don't really have a a concordance you know you you have verses that speak to different issues and in that everyone's a theologian you're going to learn about you know god his son the holy spirit the church mm-hmm. how sin comes into the world future reward, that sort of thing. It covers all these different areas of theology, yeah. which is really good. I, yeah. I think that the time-tested uh, you know, method that the church has used historically as well are the catechisms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Man, there yeah. are some great catechisms, the Shorter Catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism. You can find these online for free. It takes you through the whole Bible in question and answer form, and it gives you footnotes for the scriptures. They're wonderful tools. Even the children's catechism? I mean, I I know the the Mm -hmm. title might be off-putting, but get past the children's part. It's not just for kids. Um, Adults would learn a ton from from that catechism, extremely accessible. Throughout the years, there have been just people that have provided shorter, quote-unquote, systematic theologies. I see Jonathan has one here this morning that I think is also extremely accessible, uh, the Summary of Christian Doctrine, um, Burkhoff, um, that would kind of be the R.C. Sproul's version from 50 years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. J.I. Packer has one called Concise Theology. Mm-hmm. So there are just wonderful options out there, but it just is going to take just a little bit of effort of just reading a little bit more. Yeah. When you refer to the Shorter Catechism, you're referring to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. There's a Westminster Shorter Catechism, a Westminster Larger Catechism. There's the Westminster Confession of Faith, which yeah. which is you know, which spells that out not in a question and answer format, but in, in, in paragraphs in paragraphs of what should be believed. Yep. And and just to get back to the beginning of this conversation, it started with the recommendation of uh, R.C. Sproul's book. Everyone everyone is a theologian, and that's true. And his point is that you are a theologian. And you may be a good one, and you may be a bad one, and you may be an ignorant one. So the point, the point is 
uh, you're going to be a theologian. In other words, you you have a belief system. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's biblical. Yeah, it, and everybody has a catechism. Yes, because a catechism is just the the teaching you know form of Q and A. Like, how do you answer life's biggest questions? And everybody answers life's biggest questions, whether they're biblical answers or whether they're not biblical. Absolutely. Answers. And that brings us back to our survey. Uh, because people do answer these questions differently. Here's the statement for today. God will always reward true faith with material blessings in this life. Statement number 17, God will always reward true faith with material blessings in this life. And not a small number of uh, evangelicals agreed with that. 39% of evangelicals agreed that God will always reward true faith with material blessings in this life. How do we respond to that? Can we just back up and just say, ask real quickly, well, why would they think that? Because I think it, there is possibly some biblical reasons why they might come to that conclusion. I think they're wrong, but I do think there are some reasons. Mm-hmm. I was throwing that out there for you guys. Well, <laughs> well and, and there are a lot of false teachers today. And, and let, let me just begin by saying the statement is false. God does not always reward faithfulness with material blessing. But there are many false teachers in the world today, in, in, our, in this country today, who are teaching that. It's called the prosperity gospel, and uh, it, it is a heresy, but it's very popular today uh, that if you please God, if, if you seek God and, and your life is pleasing to God, God will reward you with material blessing. Let me just say, if your theology agrees with Job's friends, your theology is probably wrong. Yes. Or the Pharisees yeah. or, or Satan. Um, it's probably wrong. But I think, I think sometimes people struggle because in the Old Testament, it does feel like, and I do believe this is what God is saying, that obedience does bring material blessings. Mm-hmm. But that was figurative of of spiritual truths. Are you talking about specifically Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy, that if you obey, you will be blessed with good harvests in the land. So as be, God was laying out the covenant with Israel. That's correct. That right. obedience brings blessings, disobedience brings curses. Well, that was a picture of the spiritual reality in Christ. And so what was shown on an earthly level in Old Testament Israel that was pointing ahead to the realities that are in Christ, that is true in God's economy, spiritual economy. Obedience brings blessings, disobedience brings curses. The spiritual reality is that now, because of the work of Christ, we have the spiritual riches of Christ. The blessings of Christ are ours because of the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so people still think we live in the economy of the Old Testament, and that was simply a, a foreshadowing of the reality to come, which is in Christ. And so we no longer have this material blessing mindset, and it really ultimately wasn't that for the Old Testament. It was there as a picture. Yes. And so I think that's why sometimes people get confused because they think in Old Testament terminology or themes that they don't realize had a spiritual undercurrent that they're just completely missing, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the New Testament is chock full of of giving promises of 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 blessing in trial. So think of James chapter one, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. And that would include trials such as poverty or sickness or suffering or Philippians chapter one, verse 29 says that not only has it been granted to you to suffer uh, for his name's sake, but also to believe. So this idea of suffering for Christ's sake has been granted to us as a gift. So those are just two verses. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, it tells us that it is a blessing to suffer. God will bring it about as a blessing in the life of the believer to tell a story about him and to sanctify us further. It's a reminder that um, you know, you know, just people will quote that verse, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Not all things are not good, but there is a there is um the a promise that God will use those things for our good and his glory. Yeah. And that's something that um, as you're pointing out, when you talk about we go we may go through suffering. In fact, it actually tells us that we will go through trials and sufferings in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think that a lot of people want to re- reject the uh, you know what God has specifically said about yeah. uh, you know what is you know if they if they didn't like you they're not going to like me. <laughs> and I think the real danger about this this theology. So again, the statement says God will always reward true faith with material blessings in this life. I think the real demonic danger about this particular statement is okay. So if I'm suffering or if I'm sick, or if I have cancer, or who sin, this man or his parents? Exactly, and that's that. It that yeah. will condemn true believers in their heart, and that is so demonic and evil. And that's exactly what Job's friend said to him: "Job, you, your your children died. Your yeah. you've lost your health. What what sin are you up to well, in your yes, life?" You know, yes. and, it, and I think the 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 key word there is always. You know, he always does this. Uh, sometimes he does give us blessings. You know, um, you know there are there are some rewards for the choices that we we've, we've made, and sometimes he does discipline us. And right, and sometimes he disciplines us for those poor well, choices. Well, and, there, and the also the other thing is, I don't think that uh, this is not saying that uh, those that are necessarily, if they're rich, they've done the right things, or if they're poor, they've done the wrong things. In fact, the Bible, you know, there's a number of very wealthy men in the Bible, Job and, and Abraham, they did do, they they were um, justified by faith before God. And, uh, and, but that, but the reward that God gave them was not because of that. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I'm mm-hmm. trying to say that, you know, God, God doesn't reward us all the same way. Yeah. Well, every good gift that we have, as James says, every good gift comes from above from the Father of lights. Right. So every, every good blessing that we enjoy in this life is a blessing from God. Right. Our homes, our families, our, our work, your bank account, whatever, whatever material blessings you have are given to you by God. But they're not given on the basis of my righteousness and my performance and should never be seen as, as a measure of my, of my faithfulness or, or, or as a reward. They're, they're not a reward. They're completely undeserved mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, should, and should move me to humility and generosity. You know, uh, w- just a few days ago was the, f- from the time you're hearing this show, a few days ago was the fifth anniversary of the martyrdom of uh, 20 Coptic Christians on a beach in Libya 
murdered, beheaded by Islamist uh, extremists. And each one of those Christian men, before they died, bore witness to Jesus Christ as their Savior and were slaughtered like animals. Mm-hmm. Now, I absolutely believe that those martyrs are going to have a place of honor in glory. Uh, it's the martyrs that are closest to the throne, Revelation tells us. Now, I, I ask you, were they, did they receive, did those men receive material blessing? for their faithfulness? No. Uh, They died a martyr's death. And uh, they're going to receive a wonderful, have already received a wonderful reward in glory beyond what we can comprehend here, praise God. But this idea of material blessing for faithfulness here is just uh, nonsense and it's an insult to the martyrs. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, what we really need to decide is what blessings matter the most. Mm -hmm. What we can say is that in Christ we have all of the riches of God, and those are ours in a way that cannot be touched and cannot be removed because they are are ours through the the perfect work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. And so because of that, we are rich beyond measure, not as the world accounts it, but as in the true economy, uh, in God's eyes. And so I, I think we just need to remember where our focus ought to be, and, and I think it should be on Christ and what we have in him. Right. That's right. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This was Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Will you listen to the gospel for life. We will see you next time.